Welcome to the Sovereign Goddess Podcast, authentic soul sessions with modern medicine women and goddess penures alike to empower and support the Sovereign Goddess as she builds her queendom with grace. We are gathered here to support you as you embark on the journey to honor all facets of the human experience. It's my great pleasure to be with you today. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, Solistic Alchemist and Visionary behind Shamanessa Gadessa. As we embark on this vulnerable and authentic spiritual journey together, we are gathered here to recognize our divinity and radiate our truth. We are here to be the light we wish to see in the world. I invite you to relax, grab a cup of tea, clear the air and say a prayer with some plant medicines, and join us in our sacred ceremony. Deep bow, sister, for embarking on this beautiful journey with us. Now let's get started and allow the miracles to unfold. Hello, everyone. What up? What up? Welcome to this episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast. Ah, Mercury is direct. I don't know how your Mercury retrograde was, but with me being my sun and my moon ruled by Mercury, I've learned to really navigate through this time and see it as an opportunity for me to go back and revisit and realign. And I think with it being a new year and, you know, really cutting through Christmas and the new year, now it feels like it's a new year. So happy new year. And it's perfect because we've got this full moon coming up. What's really awesome is that the next month, this whole month, the rest of January and a little bit into February, all of the planets are direct. So things are flowing. Your life should be flowing. This is the time for you to manifest and there are no excuses now. You got to go for it. And we need your medicine more than ever. And it's really exciting because today's episode is a true gem. At least I feel so. Um, I'm sure you will too. So today's episode, we have Guda Jagat. And she just released her newest book, Invincible Living Today. And I'm really excited because as a kundalini yoga teacher, a lot of people I tell, I'm like, oh, I'm a kundalini yoga teacher. And they're like, you're what? And to me, I found this in like the my first day of my 25th birthday. So of course my first day, but my first day of this new chapter, this new quarter of my life, I found kundalini yoga and um, I had my first class in Encinitas and I ended up... Um, doing my teacher training there at the Soul of Yoga. And then I'm also a teacher there and I'm helping with some of the teacher programs a lot this year and I'm really excited about it. But I first met Guru Jagat um, about 18 months ago when uh, she came and she taught a class at the Soul and we all went to dinner together um, with my teachers and herself and her team. And it was really awesome because we got to talk and you know I shared with her how I'm really passionate at bringing these teachings that Yogi Bhajan brought um, to the masses and to people like you, because I'm part of this like mystical, far out kind of, I don't even want to call us a label, but we're just like very in touch with what is really important in life. And we're very in a line with, you know, what's going on with lunar cycles and planetary and alignment and crystals, like all the, what you would call the new age kind of revolution. And there's a new wave of spiritual teachers coming through. 
And what's really great is that Guru Jagat's allowing Kundalini yoga to be really easily accessible to the masses. And she's probably the youngest, if not the youngest. No, she is the youngest. She's the youngest teacher to have studied with Yogi Bhajan. And if you don't know what Kundalini yoga is, we like to call Kundalini yoga the yoga of awareness. And what it does, it aims to cultivate the creative and the spiritual potential each of us are capable of tapping into. And we do that by speaking and living our truth. And we live our lives based on the values of compassion and love and consciousness as Kundalini yogis. And so essentially, we're able to fix and rewire our subconscious thought patterns. And in doing so, we're able to heal the world we see because everything we see in the outside world depends on our mental mindset and what we're thinking. And so she really, she did this talk at Wanderlust. So we're going to talk about it a little here. Um, she did this talk at Wanderlust last year and she was talking about sovereignty <laughs> and her talk really gave me that aha and that push and that light about sovereignty and how it's up to us to decide the life we experience based off of our belief system and choosing whether or not it's serving us or if it's not. If it's not serving us, we can see it as an opportunity for us to heal and choose a higher vibrational thought. And if it is serving us, give it all your juju. So essentially our kundalini yoga is stored at, our, excuse me, our kundalini energy is stored at the root chakra at the base of our spine. And it's up to us to really awaken that energy up the spinal cord through all the chakras. And if we're having this energy flowing through us, then we're able to connect to and tap into all of the wisdom of the cosmic energy and the wisdom of the ancestors and the golden chain of teachers that come before us. Essentially, the, we get to tap into our inner truth. So it's really important for us to deepen our connection um, to our spiritual journey and to connect to that divine source itself as we work through, ex through on this mission that we really have to really expand our consciousness through our kundalini awakening. And there's definitely been people who have had kundalini awakenings, and I want to talk about this more in an episode coming up um, because it's a really juicy one, but... When you have your kundalini awakening, it can be really tough and it can be really challenging. I know I had a really rough kundalini awakening um, and I know a lot of my friends did too, but it's what I'm really passionate about helping teach and getting the word and the message out there um, because you're tapping into that infinite potential and you're recognizing that you are that infinite potential and this kundalini yoga will help us really navigate through time and space and her newest book, Invincible Living, is giving us a lot of tools with through yoga and through breath and other tools to help us really live a radiant life. And she's literally the powerhouse behind the Rama Empire. <laughs> she's got like a nonprofit now. She's got yoga all over the world based like Kundalini yoga teachings uh, shared all over the world because of her Rama TV. She also has a few other Rama studios. She's got one in uh, Colorado and she's got one in Spain. She's doing workshops all over. She has her studio in Venice, which is like the main house. She's got Rama records. This woman is amazing and she's able to 
be a really strong goddess Penora because she has a really strong spiritual practice and she understands what's coming up and how to really navigate through it and allow whatever is rising to come up and to really cut through the blocks that are stopping us from living our fullest potential. And I'm really excited to see how you all react to this book. And if you've never experienced Kundalini Yoga, I would love to hear your stories if this conversation really sparked something within you to dive in deeper and to really explore because Kundalini Yoga saved my life and becoming a teacher of it and, you know, able to really present it at festivals. It's my favorite thing to do is to teach at festivals. And I've taught at Burning Man and I've taught at Bhakti and Symbiosis and Desert Hearts and a few others of, you know, this, this these teachings of Kundalini Yoga. And I go way back with it. It goes kind of from my ancestors because my aunt was one of Yogi Bhajan's first donors when he first came here. In nineteen six, in the nineteen sixties, late sixties, and he really knew that we needed this technology because he knew that we'd be a really overstimulated generation, and he came to help the hippies out, and he came to help them get high off their own breath, and he came to really honor the woman because he knows that the woman is is everything. She brings man into life, and she's the creator, and you know, to be a woman, like we don't choose to be woman. And it's a tough thing. We birth and we feel, but it's a beautiful opportunity as well. And I'm really excited again for you to hear this. And this is going to be a huge kickoff for how I really want to bring more Kundalini Yoga to you and to really present it to you because the time is now and with everything that's happening this next week and we're having a shift, you know, here in the United States with our political system and there's going to be a lot of triggers that are going to be coming up and I really want to help you have the tools to help you navigate through it and to come out strong and to really allow yourself to be centered and be at peace because all of this is happening for some divine plan. And we have to recognize and honor that. And we have to allow ourselves to be ourselves and to have nothing in the outside world stop us from radiating our truth and our light. And I'm really excited for this book, Invincible Living. And there's been a lot of talk about it. And for it to be finally released, it's a godsend because we need this medicine more than ever. So... I invite you to relax, grab yourself a cup of tea, and you can burn some sage or some Palo Santo or some lavender, whatever plant medicines you need to just chill and relax and allow yourself to really dive into this conversation. And I invite you, if you've been loving this podcast, I invite you to leave us a review on iTunes and to subscribe. And you can always use the hashtag Sovereign Goddess to talk about it if there's any topic that, you know, that you want to bring up or any experience that you have. And I'm really excited for you and I'm excited for us and I'm excited for Kundalini Yoga and Guru Jaga and what we're all doing to really build our queendom with grace and to really help navigate and to help support one another during this very auspicious time. So relax, enjoy, and 
I'll be seeing you soon. Don't forget to reach out to me at Shamanessa Gadessa on Instagram. And you can also visit shaman, shamanessagadessa.guru or just release. We've got sovereigngoddesspodcast.com. Holla at your girl. Um, I also wanted you to know that Gaia's Alchemy is now released and I'm so excited. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about that, but enough of this chit chat. Let's get to the conversation. Satnam, sister. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast Conversations with Goddess Panors and Medicine Women to help inspire you to create your queendom with grace. My name is Sabrina Riccio, and I'm your host today. And I have the immense, immense pleasure to share with you this conversation with one of my favorite teachers, a sister. And to me, I feel like this goddess is the ultimate goddess Panur. She has created the Rama Empire, and it has allowed the teachings of Kundalini Yoga to be brought not just to California or LA or Spain or Colorado, but she's allowing us to bring these teachings to all over the world. And she recently just launched the Rama Institute, which is her nonprofit to help bring Kundalini Yoga and meditations to underprivileged areas. And today we're going to talk about her newest book, Invincible Living, which offers the power of yoga, the energy of breath, and other tools to help live a radiant and invincible life. So here with me is Guru Jagat. Yay! Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And it's so funny because um, I was at acupuncture today and I was talking to my acupuncturist and we were talking about our charts and I was like, oh, you know, I'm a Mars and my Mars is in Cancer. And we're talking about like how we're very like we want to like protect the people and bring it out. And I feel like that's a lot of what you're doing with um, Rama and bringing these teachings of Kundalini Yoga to help us be able to navigate through this Aquarian age with grace and to really allow us to tap in to our fullest potential because he only is about 3% of our DNA. And so I know with my experience with Kundalini Yoga, it's allowed me to open up and reach levels I never thought possible. So I would love for you to talk about how this practice has allowed you to really build this empire in such a short time. Well, um, first of all, I have Mars and Cancer as well. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I was talking to somebody else about that. I was talking to my friend Ruby from the Numinous. She also has Mars and Cancer, and so does Donald Trump, actually. Um, and we're just so maybe we can help him. Well, we're just talking about, I mean, uh, men who have a lot of cancer in their charts uh, tend to have to overcompensate, but I, I think he's actually kind of a softie. But anyways, um, besides the point, uh, Kundalini yoga and meditation, it's such an, it's an expediter. So it's so fast. It's so efficient in, I think Yogi Bhajan was the big futurist, the master teacher who brought these teachings to the West. I think he was a futurist. I know that he knew that we were going to be in the age of, of the tweet and even smaller, um, the gram, the tweet, the, you know, snap. Um, and that so much of the kind of, especially the future, the new souls and the younger people, their whole kind of operating systems were going to be kind of trained on this very, these short little kind of snippets. And so he gave all this very efficient, very uh, fast, effective 
kind of tools to help activate humans and, and allow for humans to be happy and allow for us to kind of uh, be as creative as we're meant to be and, and do what we're supposed to be on, you know, do and be what we're supposed to do and be on the planet. So um, in my own personal journey, you know, my relationship with first Yogi Bhajan and then my teacher Hari Jeevan um, and my relationship with myself and the discovery of, of whatever that means on a daily basis through my, my personal practice has very much been the foundation of every single thing I've done. And so I feel really, really grateful. And through that like immense amount of gratitude I have for what's been given to me so freely. Um, I have, you know, I create, I create every day in ways that I can give these teachings to people who maybe don't want to touch their toes or don't want to like be spiritual or don't want to have to deal with just all the pitfalls. I think of the spiritual slash religious slash kind of um, yoga world and wellness world. There's so much kind of there, there's so much that is off-putting for the masses to those types of scenes. I think the wellness scene is becoming quite off-putting as well. Um, uh, you know, to people, they want to look good, they want to feel good, but they don't want to ha- like feel Do like- the work. Well, and they don't want to feel like they have to like wear spandex or be 25 or whatever. They just want to like they want to feel better, but they you know definitely don't want to do much work for sure. Yeah. Well, we're lazy, or, you know, but, um, so yeah, so this is where Kundalini yoga, I've just seen it like in, and the prophecy was 2012 on was mm-hmm. kind of these teachings were going to break into the mass consumption. And so I'm just doing my part every way I can. So we created the institutes, which is, are the brick and mortar and then the, mm-hmm. the virtual kind of experience, which is Rama TV and all the other media outlets, Rama radio and, and Rama press now. And then we just launched Rama foundation, which is the nonprofit where we can really do some work with underserved um, uh, places, neighborhoods, and and, um, demographics to bring the all wellness, you know, healthy food and healthy relationships and healthy families and meditation and yoga and all of that to underserved populations. And I'm very excited about that. I'm super excited too. When I first heard about it, I was like, this is what we need because I've seen how Kundalini Yoga has impacted my life. Like right for right now, for instance, I'm doing this Kriya for the 10 bodies, awakening the 10 bodies. So I'm finding myself more energized, more connected. Um, I'm finding myself clear. I'm finding myself breaking through blocks and like tapping into this energy that I didn't even think, you know, I had. And I think a lot of what Yogi Bhajan knew is that we were going to be an overstimulated generation. And a lot of, I know with Kundalini Yoga with me, it's really helped me with my nervous system. And I know that's a huge part of what it does. And it's really awesome because there's teachers like you and, you know, there's other like great Kundalini teachers, like we got Krishna Kaur and Sukhdev and Tej, the list goes on and on and on of all these like powerful women. And I know Yogi Bhajan really, he loved the women and he really knew that the women were going to be the ones that were going to help navigate us and help support us and be those nurturers. Um, so I feel like that's why we're seeing, especially because a lot of the teachings of Kundalini yoga, they come from all the gurus that are all male, Guru Nanak, Guru Ramdas. And so that was like part of that Piscean age of support and that kind those kinds of teachings coming through. And so now we're in this more Aquarian age where it's more feminine, more soft, more nurturing. And that's why I feel like there's this rise of strong women that are really paving the road of Kundalini yoga. So how do you feel 
um, the Kundalini, the energy from the Aquarian age uh, is really here to support the rise of feminine leadership. Well, Yoki Bhajan said that the future depends on the base vibration of the woman because we we bear the future whether we decide to be mothers or not all women are mothering something because it's our nature and um, if we do carry a child in our in our bodies very much we're determining the baseline frequency of the child and this is why we're really into the conscious conception and the and the you know way yogi bhajan says you got to start lifetimes before you decide to have a child to actually prepare yourself. And he was very pro-abortion um, because he said, if a woman's not ready to have um, a, a baby, then, you know, spiritually, physically, financially, then it's very detrimental to the future. Um, so he was very pro-abortion in a time where, I mean, it was really like, I was just uh, listening to a radio show he did in 88 and he was talking, I mean, he was really pro pro abortion. And, um, you know, so he was just so, he was such a radical and such a feminist. And so in so many ways, I think we don't even like maybe realize it now, although it's 2016 and there is so much still happening, um, against, uh, women's health and women's bodies and women's rights. Um, so it's, we still have a lot, a lot, a, a, a very far to go. Yeah. However, um, we're on our way, we're on our way yeah. and, and women do determine this baseline frequency. And so it's really like one of the things that really one of the only things we can do to change a future is to give children the self-concept that they love themselves, that they, they feel secure in themselves. Because if we focus on that for a generation, then in 20 years or so, there's not going to be a bunch of crazy, insane nut cases running around running the world with their finger on the trigger of nuclear warheads. And that's, um, you know, if we can make it that long, that's what we need. We need the future being people who love themselves. And because they love themselves, they don't, they're not inclined to blow other people up. It's <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's not kind of what a concept. Yeah, it's not like the thing. So I, th I think that's part of the reason why the women have to kind of you know um, come up now because we determine that 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 frequency of the future, and it's really really important. We're at a very auspicious time in human mm -hmm. history. So. I think that's one of the biggest things. And he and the Dalai Lama have spoken of it and many other. The, the world will be saved by the Western woman. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because I know with my own journey, um, I've been focusing on clearing a lot of my own ancestral karma and my womb healing because I've seen firsthand, you know, it gets passed down. Like my mother was carrying me when she was in her mother's womb. And so I feel like with me, like I've been really focused on breaking the cycles and to heal so that I can go ahead and heal the generations that come before us. And I feel like that's why so many women in today's day and age are really taking the time to heal themselves and honor themselves before they're having children. Cause that's part of that, having that, like having the, you know, what they want and knowing where they want to see their future and their children. And I think a lot with like the way that Neptune's going to be with a lot of these babies coming in like this generation of, of kids that are going to come in during this like next 10 years or so, they're going to be extremely spiritual. So I feel like we're really paving the road now and helping clear the cosmos for them to come in. And I know that's a lot of the sutra for 2017, like 2016 was a time of compassion. And I feel like 
we had to really go through the shithole that we did of the election because it was an opportunity for us to be more compassionate, to be more loving, to be more caring to ourselves and to others. Yeah, well, um, there definitely is a, as the divine feminine kind of um, rises in all in the collective psyche, uh, it's a, it's a polarity planet. So, Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things Yogi Bhajan talked about was that as we move into this kind of Aquarian age and also the ending of the Kali Yuga and kind of these big cycles of time, there's been so much violence that's been enacted between the sexes um, that there's a huge amount of healing that has to happen. And so he gave a lot of, um, a lot of practices for that and a lot of mantras for that to actually heal, uh, the, you know, between the mother and father trips and the, and male and female and the parts of ourselves, the kind of aspects of ourselves that are both masculine and feminine. So, um, definitely more, this is part of the wellness movement that more people understand that we do, there will not, we will not have an experience of peace if we can't kind of find that in ourselves at a moment's notice. So it's a, you know, it's a very important time to incarnate. And I think, um, if you're excited, it's exciting, (laughs) you know, and, and also I think you're talking that that these Neptune and Pisces babies, is that what you mean? Exactly. You know, Neptune and Pisces particularly is very much like an incarnation of having already been through a lot of spiritual kind of, um, uh, attainment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I haven't looked at it that way, but let's, I can see that these new babies and, and, um, hopefully they're my- coming into Rama. I'm always seeing photos of babies and I'm like, Oh, it's so awesome. There's so many babies being born in Rama, like that it's, it's definitely happening. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. It's so fun to watch. So, um, you know, we're talking about this, this sutra for next year or for 2017 and it's vibrate the cosmos and the cosmos will clear the path. So I know your book, um, invincible living is coming out during this new sutra. So how do you feel like this book can really help us vibrate the cosmos so it can clear the path? Well, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think that the, that they, I don't think that Yogi Bhajan particularly prescribed the sutras to any year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that's coming from Yogi Bhajan. I think it might just be coming from whoever. Um, but uh, I personally, my relationship with the five sutras is that even if you took one of these sutras and lived it to its fullest and mm-hmm. you, you took that as like the prescription of your lifetime, you would become a living saint. Like it's really, and and sutra means not. So you're just like the the practice. And and so all of them have such profound teaching just in a couple of words. Um, So, you know, vibrate the cosmos and the cosmos shall clear the way. Um, You know, it's everything's a vibrational frequency. And I I think that this is part of why the sound kind of, um, uh, Science is starting to open up. White Sun, um, Hari Jeevan, and Guru Jasa's band just got Grammy nominated for their incredible album, White Sun 2. Um, and I think that that's, that's part of we're starting to see that these sound codes are rising in the kind of mass consumptive arena. Um, and the, so the, the way that I mean, I really believe that the way that the whole kind of evolution of human consciousness is going to happen is through vibration. So 
this one is, I believe the sutra is very connected to kind of the prescription of what, what's going to have to happen vibrationally, collectively on the planet for this kind of ascension of human uh, consciousness to happen. And then on a personal level, it's, I mean, how many times have you focused on the thing that's the block? And this is why we're kind of post-therapeutic because, you know, you focus on the block, you talk about the block, you talk about the problem, you, you focus on it some more, you talk to your friends about it, you talk to your therapist about it, you talk to your boyfriend about it, you talk to your friends about it, you know, like it's just, it's this, and, and so you're just vibrating the block, you're vibrating right. the block, you're vibrating. You're focusing more on what you don't want than what you do. Yeah. And so then like, this is the thing with these sound codes, instead of doing that, we go... Sat nam sa ta nama, whatever you know. You take one of these sounds and you put it through your system. It, it can be one of the English ones, victory, whatever, and you start to focus on the vibration of some higher kind of vibrational frequency, and then you start to have it, that experience rather than the experience of the block. So it's it's definitely it's practical magic, um, and it's it's it, science is starting to prove that. Like, this is what, everything's a vibration. I mean, Dr. Emoto's work has been out the for best. 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. so this isn't new. Um, and the yogis knew it and the sages knew it. And so it is, it's, it's definitely one of the fundamentals to being a successful person in this age. And certainly my, my path has been very much, you know, I, I just don't focus on, I just, I'm, I'm relentless. I'm stubborn about it. Like I'm relentlessly stubborn about, I don't doubt that I know that this is in, you know, same thing with this book. It's like against all odds and the thing and the thing. And now, you know, we have, I mean, it's a beautiful book and I'm very proud of it. And it, it's presenting so much of this to, you know, kind of the mass arena that wouldn't necessarily have come across it before without watering it down. And, um, so it's, uh, it definitely, that's the, the prayer around the book that we're just, it's vibrating and the path is being cleared and all sorts of beautiful things are happening and we get to have these discussions. Yeah. Well, I think it's super awesome because you're talking about sound and we know that like sound is a higher vibration. If we look at our multidimensional, it's a higher dimension. And so like, I know I'm in, launching my new product and it's called Gaia's Alchemy and they're all water-based products and each one is infused with mantra and different I don't use oils it's all water and they're all so using that same kind of intention as Dr. Moto of like putting the prayers in allowing that to if you're having anxiety you can spray the grounded one which is like the mantra Om Namo Guru Dev Namo to really tap in and you can there's different things and I think what this time has really allowed us to be aware of is that we need to live more intentionally and it's like, we can't just be going through, like, there has to be, I, like, I learned a lot from Matt Kahn, where he was talking about, like, everything needs to be, like, intentionally based. And it's like, even if, like, you're someone you want to be like, oh, fuck you, you know, like, that's not what's going to help. So you, like, use that same energy, and it's transmuting that energy and be like, bless you, you know, and it's like being more aware of the words that we're saying, because that's part of that sound current, the yeah. words we're telling ourselves, like putting blessings on the food we're eating, blessings on all those people and recognizing that if other, you know, the biggest one that sutra I always go back to is recognize the other person is you. And so when I go to that one, especially when I'm feeling like angst against someone, I'm like, okay, the other person is me. They're showing up in my life to try to show me and teach me a lesson that I haven't really touched upon yet. And I recognize that it's their inner child that's really coming out. And I feel like a lot of Kundalini yoga allows us to really heal that inner child because it helps us balance that lower triangle. 
And I think that is part of a huge thing that we really need to do. It's part of our nervous system. It's part of like clearing those blocks of like, you know, the security and finding that security within ourselves, but through our spiritual practice and, you know, through our actions and intentions and creating something that's more of what in alignment of what you do want and not what you don't want and having like healing your sensuality. And I think a lot of women, um, this is something I really want to talk to you about because I feel like a lot of women up until recently, we've been so dominated by our masculine energy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so now, excuse me. And so now like we're realizing that we need to be more in touch with our feminine side. So a lot of Kundalini yoga is about, is about balancing that masculine and feminine energy within us. So how would you feel? How do you, what do you think about how we were so like driven in this like patriarch to like compete with the men and now we're becoming softer and more gentle? Well, I would say, first of all, you know, recognizing that the other person is you is like one of the highest spiritual teachings. I mean, it's what all spiritual teachings are based on. It's all of Buddha's teachings. It's all of Krishna's teachings. It's all of, I mean, you know, we're just like, go down the line. Um, it's the ultimate religion. It's the ultimate teaching. And yeah. so <laughs> it, I mean, this is what I mean by the sutras. It's like, we've just named two of them. And if you just took one of them and like, like put your whole life into that, practice, you would, you would become a living saint. So Mm -hmm. it's really quite a, you know, good for you because it's, it's quite a practice. Um, and (laughs) a journey, thank God for sauna. (laughs) It's it's huge. And, um, so in terms of this, I I was teaching a lot about this this weekend in, in my women's course, immense grace. And, um, Yogi Bhajan said that basically the biggest, uh, issue with women, modern women, is that we don't choose to be a woman. So we are not making the choice to be a woman. And a woman is not equal to a man. Women and men are not equal. And that's like this kind of feminist and post-feminist rhetoric is, you know, this whole kind of equality thing, but we're actually not equal. We're, we're totally unique and different. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, like a not popular thing to say in the kind of conversation. Um, however, very defensive. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and it, and it's understandable. Like what women are having to go through, and the violence, and the and the you know, just like the continual. I, I, mean, I just shaming heard about, and yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. and just the weirdest stuff. Like I just heard about like you know, um, you know, the, some girls getting hit on at, at Rama in a certain way. That just like I'm like really even at the, the you know, it's just like men, you know, like there's we're really working this shit out, you know, and yeah. it's and it's all up, and that you know, the Trump has been a wonderful already (laughs) he's bringing all this to the surface which has been bubbling so Yogi Bhajan says women don't make the choice to be women um and so they basically are living you know in a man's world and and being in a man's world rather than um creating a woman's world and I Mm -hmm. think what you're describing is what I would say what I would call we're creating a woman's world now. Now it's, again, it's been some painful moments here, but one of the things that happened in my opinion, the election was that the, that, you know, 
Hillary has been so entrenched in having to live in a man's world that it was the broadcast was not from that kind of feminine ma divine mother space. Mm-hmm. And that is the, that is the quality that is going to turn the thing around. Um, and so she's lived so long and, you know, bless her because it's been such a journey and a challenge. She's sacrificed so much and she is such a brilliant woman and a brilliant mother. And I, I have a lot of respect for her. Um, however, it's been her whole career has been entrenched in living in a man's world so his thing was like choose to be a woman and then make it a woman's world and the and the men will bow down to you they have to not in a radiance it's the radiance it's the radiance and it's also they intrinsically know that they are born of woman Mm -hmm. so their limbic systems actually understand that and if women actually like take that that we're going to create now kind of the world of what it you know, a woman's uh, world is protecting children and taking care of all. And, you know, that's just the way the women are. And, and you watch Orange is the New Black. I, I loved that about it when it first came out. It was like, even in a women's prison, what do women do? They create community. That's mm-hmm. just what women do. That's just, they, you know, they may fight and there may be some drama and like whatever, but they create community. And so that's kind of what we have to do now is, and so that's why women's work is so important and men's work is so important. My boyfriend is an incredible men's teacher. You know, it's so important to be with men and get stronger and, and, and remember, you know, the, the heart and the, and the nobility of man and the same thing, the dignity of woman and, and how to really choose to be a woman on a daily basis. And it does, it, it's, I think one of the requirements is friendship and intimacy between women. Right. And I think like, I know, I I remember when we first met, I was telling you that I was, I'm working on bringing a lot of these Kundalini teachings to music festivals and making it more accessible for people who are curious, but may be too afraid to like step into a yoga studio, especially Kundalini because they're like, this is the weirdest shit because we do weird things. And so I know a lot of what my friends and I were talking about is creating red tents at these festivals. Um, to really help support and to bring people um, in to help these women navigate through and to teach them and to help remind them, you know, that's all about community. And then eventually we also want to have a men's group. But I feel like a lot of what we talked about, it's like the women that are going to help pave the road. And then once the men see that the women are doing it, they're going to be also more interested as well. Yeah. They're going to want to be like, oh, like these women are like radiating I want to know, like, they're working, they're coming in community together. And I think a lot of men, you know, they're so, there's a lot of pain because they weren't allowed to express their um, emotions growing up. And it's like, be a man, toughen up. And so I feel like I know with a lot of men in my life, they're becoming more sensitive and more soft during this time. And so I feel like these women are here to help, you know, support them um, going through this and kind of like being the ma in that sense too. And with Hillary, I feel like the biggest thing why she, it it didn't happen either is because that's part of the old patriarch too, is like paying respect to just one person. It can't be just like having this one person on a pedestal anymore. It has to be kind of this collective thing. And I feel like as women, we needed to come together and not just rely just solely on one woman to lead the way. Like this is about us coming together and having this unity and realizing that there's no separation, no hierarchy of more powerful women and not so powerful women because all women are powerful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. Cause I think that in order to, um, 
lead a civilization, you have to have leaders. Right. So, so no, I, hear, I, I hear you. I, I don't know about that. I, I don't, maybe I'm, I'm like too entrenched in the old age. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you like people have to be behind leaders, um, right. but we do need, we do need some real, uh, I think, but what I mean, what I'm saying, it's like, it's going to be like a group of leaders. I don't think it's going to be one specific leader because it's a lot to handle. Yeah. It's a lot. And so um, there was something that's so funny because, you know, this, this podcast is called The Sovereign Goddess. Yes. And um, what really started, like, this has been my buzzword of 2016. And I know what really started it for me was I was watching this conversation that you had at Wanderlust Speakeasy and you were talking about sovereignty. Yeah. Um, so after, you know, all this uproar, it's like, how can we choose to live um, a life of sovereignty as we navigate through this time and what does, what does that sovereignty mean to you? Well, sovereignty is about having the power to, in a moment, uh, change your frequency, change your thought pattern, change your habit pattern, change your behavior and change the way that you're thinking. And there's a lot of, um, money being spent to bend your thought or, you know, opinion or perspective in certain directions, um, through the media and through social media and through just the whole kind of broadcast, um, uh, stations of different music, the music industry and all this kind of stuff. And so a lot of money is being spent to kind of put in, uh, consumption, um, all sorts of, you know, dark fear and, and this kind of thing. So it's really more than ever a time where we have to train our minds to stay on the frequency that we want to, we choose to have and the reality we choose to create. Um, and it takes a lot of strength. So then we get, that's where we get the, we have to have deep breath and a deep nervous system and steadiness and a rhythmic intelligence. And, and that doesn't just come like from, you know, waking up in the morning and, and uh, drinking some coffee and eating croissant. Like you have to train yourself. And this is like a true kind of Star Wars is nonfiction. This is a true moment where you got to train your system to uh, look towards the light else you will be drawn into the dark and the fear and the, and, and there's a lot of money being spent so that you do. Cause when our immune systems are depleted and we're afraid and we're, you know, scattered and our brains aren't clear, we make decisions that aren't for our best and definitely not for the best of people around us. So it's a very important time to have some sort of practice where, you can clear your mind, you can strengthen your body, you can strengthen your nervous system, and you can uh, be in a space where you have sovereignty over what you're thinking. Beautiful. And I think a lot of that comes from starting your day off with a morning practice too, to really help. It helps. That it helps. Yeah. Taking a cold shower, doing a little meditation, doing a little conscious exercise, a prayer. I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways you can, you can cut it. Um, I don't think uh, of course I have a certain, like, you know, I get ungodly hours and do weird <laughs> stuff, but I don't think that's for everyone, but just something to be like, this is what I want to experience today. Yes. People are in fear. Yes. People are suffering. Yes. It's, it's, it's an interesting time out there, but, um, you know, I, I want to have an experience of my own creativity or my own, you know, um, love, you know, in relationship. It's like, this is something I say all the time. If you want to experience 
love. You have to, you have to decide that that's like, you're going to experience love more than you're going to experience someone else's moods or bad behaviors or what you thought they were going to do, but they didn't do, or when they texted or when they called or when they didn't, you need all the the mundane stuff. So, but again, (laughs) that takes discipline. That is not, that is like, if, if it was easy, then we wouldn't have a 75% divorce rate. We're working on that. So as we become more conscious, we're working on that. Yeah. Um, so my last question I wanted to ask you is, um, what would you say is your spirit animal? Jaguar. Yes. What, what about it is just like, is so like, oh, that's me. Well, I don't, I've always resonated with the Jaguar and then there, I've had a couple of strange experiences. Um, and, uh, as well as, you know, Mel Gibson is not well liked, but that, that movie he made Apocalypto is pretty, um, profound in some ways and there was this character in it the main character was named jaguar paw and the the line was do not be afraid jaguar paw and i really felt like when i watched that i was like that like that felt like a message to me it's just like you just keep going like don't do not waste your energy or your life on fear it's such a waste of time like you know if we're gonna like if it's gonna have whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen but we might as well enjoy it instead of being afraid (laughs) Um, so that, that was that. And then Yogi Bhajan named me Guru Jugget, which is, has a bit of a Jaguar vibe as well. So yeah, that's kind of the, those are my messages. I think that's even great advice for us is just to like recognize the fear, honor it, transmute it. Cause I know like with my, that's my, my spiritual name is Shivinder. And so it's to help transmute negativity and create, create a new world by embracing God's light. So that's why uh, we're here now. So um, I wanted good to thank work. You. Good thank work. You. You're doing a good job. <laughs> I know. I saw Gudemir and he's like, we've been waiting for you. And I was at White Tantric. I was like, I'm here. I'm here. So um, I wanted you to share where we can find you and what um, all, the, all the goodness. I mean, you've got like a list of things now. You're, you're birthing something all the time. I can't keep up. You're my muse, woman. <laughs> Um, well, of course, you can find the book on Amazon. It's called Invincible Living or on my website, gurujagat, G-U-R-U-J-A-G-A-T.com. And then if you want to practice with me, feel free to jump on rama-tv.com. There's lots of free stuff and we do free live streams all the time. And we just really try to serve the community that way. And we're in 180 countries and growing every day. So it's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank that. you That's so amazing. much. It's been a lot of work and I know like it's not an easy feat <laughs> it's not but you know what again do not be afraid Jaguar Paul let's just go let's <laughs> let's rock Shavinder. yes I love it so thank you so much for being here and thank uh, you thank, thank you. you it means it's so I'm so grateful and um I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing and yeah. it's really inspiring to see you know you just staying committed stay doing your dharma and recognizing the power of this technology and how we can really help shift this paradigm. So thank you for being one of the ultimate paradigm shifters right now because it's, it's real and it's happening. Thank you. And thank you for your work and your, your light and just everything you're doing. So I love you, sister. I love you. Satnam. Satnam. Take care. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Woo. Good one, huh? <laughs> oh, God, I can talk to that woman all day. It was such a pleasure to have her and 
I really hope that that conversation really helps you have a better sense of Kundalini Yoga and what we're here to do and what we're here to help and how we're here to serve. So if you want to learn more about Guru Jagat and Rama, you can visit SovereignGoddessPodcast.com. And again, I talked about it a little bit in the intro and we talked about it a little bit in the conversation, but Gaia's Alchemy is now released. And so you can purchase your bottle of smudge, sacred smudge spray water by visiting shamanasagadesa.guru slash Gaia's Alchemy. And I'm really excited because 5% of each blend is being donated to a different nonprofit. So this is all about conscious business and you know, really putting our money to causes that are really near and dear to our hearts. And all of these nonprofits, all they're all mean something to me. And I'm going to dive in a little deeper about which each one and why I chose each one. But it's been a two-year journey. And so now here we are. I wanted to thank you again for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And don't forget to leave us a comment and a review on iTunes if you loved it. Thank you so much for being here and for taking the time. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful full moon. Allow yourself to release what no longer serves and make room for all of the juiciness that's to come. Take care. Mwah. I love you. Sat Nam, beautiful. Radiate your light. Build your queendom. Go out there and share your medicine. I love you. Have a good one.